Oh, nice having Audrey tattoo tattoo looking down on us like a patron saint. Mm. It always is. <laughs> yeah, for a long time we taped this podcast at the Boston Brunch Church, and our running joke was that it was not in Boston and does not serve brunch. And I think the new one is going to be about this giant Amelie poster with Audrey Tattoo looking down on us. Well, the thing is, I'd never understood how Audrey looks so different from her mother, Audrey Too, from Little Shop of Horrors. <laughs> I know it's a show business family, but you don't see too much of the outer space carnivorous plant form come out in Audrey. I'm trying to remember if you ever saw her feet in the movie, or it could just be roots from the knees It's down. It's very likely. Mm-hmm. You, you do always get that kind of subtle subtext of just always wanting to just like open up your entire skull and clamp down on someone and, and just eat them up. Oh. That That's always like hidden in that smirk. Oh, absolutely. To yeah. be fair, most French movies give me that vibe. Mm-hmm. You know, in, in France, of course, it, he doesn't, she doesn't just go, feed me! She uh, she just shows up and then the, the narrator goes, she told them to feed her. <laughs> <laughs> and I think it's like, I think, it, you know, some plants like Venus flytraps, they have a, a thing in, on top mm-hmm. to draw people in and they eat the bug. Mm-hmm. And I think that's the situation here too. Like the, the, actual plant is right beneath her she's the the fascinator to bring you in now I'm going to picture her with a mouth in her stomach and (laughs) nothing can erase that image today Tim Hoover Brian Rust and Brooks Reeves talk about Box the Robot the state of the theater scene and I'm not going to spoil the end of Goofus vs. Gallant this is the Unreliable Narrator Theater Group's podcast I remember you were in, I think I met you when we were doing Paranormal. Yeah. And I, uh, you had to play Box, the uh, robot from mm-hmm. Logan's Run. <laughs> but like, I had no money or time for a good costume. I think you started from scratch, didn't didn't you? Uh, basically, yeah. I, um, I had not seen Logan's Run before. Uh, so I made a point. I rented Logan's Run. Uh, <laughs> the, Still getting the Netflix DVDs in the mail at the time. Um, I still get those because they have a larger library and I'm a film nerd that way. Tried to aim for getting the right level of sci-fi cheese so that you can see the very specific look. Because if you just do it badly, then it looks terrible on stage. Mm -hmm. But if you do it badly in the right way, then what is very clearly the... um, dryer exhaust things on your arms <laughs> they fulfill a very particular look and it looks a whole lot better so you got to get everything the same color silver spray paint uh which smells terrible for the clothing that you have to spray paint because mm. uh, the smell of the spray never gets out of the clothes so it's a lot of effort to make that very specific style of cheese when i first moved here you know, I didn't know anybody. I, um, I mean, I was amazed that people would actually like pay you to to do things. Um, I mean, I didn't even, I didn't know what stage source was. I went to what New England Theater four one one. Like that's mm-hmm. how I mm-hmm. found out about audition information. And um, and when I first started, I I basically my plan was just to audition for everything I could and never say no. Um, which behooved me really well for like the first year and a half um, since and sort of and I think a, I think this is true for a lot of theater artists here in Boston is that I sort of 
almost basically became adopted by a certain theater company um, that I've now worked very closely with. Um, and that's that's Apollinaire Theater, and that runs out of Chelsea. And Danielle, who, who runs it and directs most of their plays, um, she who's also the artistic director, um, she and I formed a, a very close relationship, and she really likes working with me. I really like working with her. Um, so I've been in a lot of shows there, and... You know, I for example, like I don't know what her upcoming season is. She doesn't either. She'll figure that out in August. But you know, I know that I'll have a home there mm-hmm. if I if I need. Um, it's a double edged sword though, because then I can sometimes get complacent. You know, mm-hmm. I, I don't, I don't, I haven't been going out and auditioning as much as I ought to for other different companies. You know, places I've never worked with. Like I've only auditioned for ASP once and that was like five years ago. I'm having I find myself having to explain to some of our music students that there are actually two parts to any audition. There's the musical talent part, but there's also the how are you to work with and will you be a nightmare to the person in charge of what the production is. And you can have as much musical talent in the world but if you give off a bad vibe for the second part then you're not going to go very far oh yeah that's a hundred percent true i know of a few actors in the boston area who are themselves good actors Mm -hmm. but they are they're just too much trouble Uh, you know they'll throw temper tantrums they'll they'll create so much drama it leads to an unhappy experience and I don't care how good you are I mean I'm speaking as both a director and as an actor I mean there have been there have been shows that I have turned down as an actor because I didn't I didn't really like a person in that cast because I knew from prior experiences that it wasn't fun working with them mm. and people talk you know you once mm. you get a reputation people talk there's still an actor from a production I did in 1995 who has gone on to be a regional joke because of just how bad he was to work mm. with. He, not to go into too many details, oh, but... You, oh, please. <laughs> <laughs> well, he was uh, absolutely sure he could do a better job at directing the show than the director, uh, or mm. and costuming the show than the costumer, and um, mm. designing the fights than the fight director... And it would be one thing if it was backed up by any actual proof or any actual evidence of talent, but none of it was. So it was rough. It was rough. Yikes. Well, it's, again, it's very rare that I've had any experience with divas. Yeah. I wonder if that makes me the diva. (laughs) (laughs) It's like being the bad poker player in the room. Yeah. Yeah. a newcomer to Boston who was just mildly interested in going to see a show, I don't even know how I'd begin to find out information about it, let alone whether or not it's good. I I compare it to the Edinburgh Fringe, where they have one website for everything, for all 3,000 shows, and you can break it down by the ratings that they've gotten, and the ratings are often from the people who've gone to see the show so some of them are really awful but some of them are really insightful in ways that even the show creators didn't think of when they got it done but the most important point is that every august 
tens of thousands of people are checking out that one website for information about everything going on in the city. And they're basing large cash expenditures based on that. Larger things are falling away. Um, I think we do need to find more ways to kind of mark and bring things out from the arts into the communities, whether it be uh, doing snippets of shows at large outdoor festivals as a way to pretend to kind of bring people in um, and get people interested in things. Uh, Not everything works in those environments. Uh, A lot of the shows will uh, shoot trailers, Mm -hmm. uh, video trailers uh, for their, um, for their upcoming performances. Uh, But even then it's the dissemination of those uh, those videos and uh, and the trailers uh, ends up having to go through social media or or, or through email lists. Um, so it's still not getting out as far. There's no one place for everyone to look to see everything that's going on. Um, and if there was, who would be in charge of it, and how would you keep it fair for everybody? I think the city and the theater community has still not fully recovered from the Boston Phoenix going under. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, just as a terms of uh, Carolyn Clay's play-by-play listings, uh, very short snippets about what shows were going on, and they were highly criticized at the time for not being enough, um, but it was at least one thing that brought out, that could bring out um, general people on the streets to be able to look to something and reliably see a list of a number of shows that are going on. It would... Right, but here's the thing, is I, yeah. think, I think that exists. Like, if, 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 if I have a night free... Um, I'll go to Boston events or like, you know, I'll Google Boston events. There's a website. It's, it's like, um, and there's Boston calendar, which is nice. Yeah. But I, I think but, that maybe it. it's like events that don't mm-hmm. suck. That's their tagline. <laughs> and they pretty much have everything. Now it's, mm. it's everything. It's not just theater. It's, you know, baking mm. classes and mm. walking tours and all sorts of stuff. But you can, I think, narrow it down to, you know, performance arts. And I think they've pretty much got everything. Like any, any kind of show, any kind of lecture that's going on. Like that, that does exist here. It just it, it exists not theater centric, but mm-hmm. maybe it doesn't have to be. Like it's it's hard. It may even just be hard for people to think of theater as a cheaper thing to do. Mm. Um, and the other thing I want to say is I, I I on this level I think I appreciate Gold Star because mm. um, we had Gold Star when we were doing Planet of the Warrior Bunnies, and uh, you know I think I think not quite as many people came to that as I was hoping. But if it weren't for the gold star people, it would have been it would have been much less, and it would have mm. been to the it would have been gotten to the point where I'd start questioning my career. Oh if we God! Had the gold star people. There is there is a kind of theater that I wish Boston had that it doesn't really um, outside of maybe the Gold Dust Orphans, and that's a theater that specializes in comedy. You're right. Um, Boston is really good about doing plays about serious subjects. Yes. Not so much with plays that will make you feel like you need to pee because you're laughing so hard. Yeah, it's true. And it's so good when it does happen. I mean, Prudentia Heart was so funny. Oh, good. I'm glad you like that. <laughs> Just that kind of raucous, beer-fueled theater. All right. Uh, okay, scene three. So, uh, I think, Brooks, can you, can you Vladimir Putin? Sure. Incoming message from President Putin. Putin to Gallant, Putin to Gallant, come in. Yes, my lead. Report. It's gone well, sir. It turns out to be impossible to indict a sitting president, 
even if he admits he's guilty on TV. Just as I thought. How goes our continued weaponization of pop culture? Excellent. The way things are going, by 2020, you won't be able to be a fan of anything without another fan attacking you or something you love personally. The resulting chaos will make it easy for you to sweep in and take your rightful place as the President of the United States of America. Russia. <laughs> the first thing I will do when I reach Washington is spit on the grave of William Seward. What of your brother? Uh, Goofus? Well, he's nothing to me. He's weak. Be careful of brothers. They sometimes possess hidden reserves of strength. There he is. We come at him from the left. Rogers, you and I shower him with compliments at a 45 degree angle. Just like at Heartbreak Ridge. Then Poppins comes in on her umbrella to clean up the mess. Any questions? What about me? You're the Hail Mary. Ready? Break! You ready for a moment's notice to bully more Star Wars actresses? Yes, sir. Gallant out. Listen up, Gallant. <gasps> You're looking very nice Your today. Your smile is You've peachy. got great hair. I that love tie that tie looks neck great neck. on you today. Boy, those shoes Did are anyone sharp. tell you nice you look like specs. a very young Paul Newman? Ah! So much positive energy! I don't know what to do! Gallant can't honorably engage with warriors while they're being nice to him. Goofus hangs back and lets his friends take all the risks. Hey, that's where they wanted me! No, no! It's a trick! It's all a trick! Gallant takes no shit when niceness is being used as a passive-aggressive tactic. Goofus uses niceness to cover up his basic incompetence. Hey! I've got to admit it, Gallant. Impressive show. I knew it would come down to you. <coughs> me, Goofus. Go! Never. You'll have to kill me. I... Well, what are you waiting for? Go on and do it! Do it! Do it! <laughs> oh my god. Gallant killed himself. I thought he was gonna kill me, but he ended up killing himself for me instead. I never really appreciated how much strength it takes to be a... a Goofus. Now he's laying back and stretching out his arms. He's in a Christ-like pose. <sighs> Gallant sacrifices himself for Goofus. Goofus ungratefully lives. All right, that's enough. Do you realize you've had no consistent moral core this entire time? You just like whatever Gallant does. I stan him. How could you not? Gallant's dead. He's dead. I guess I'll have to fix this through time travel. That's what all the blockbusters are doing nowadays. Here we go. Oh, I'm being dragged back. Back to the early days of H-I-G-H-L-I-G-H-T-S. Gallant reads Russian propaganda and finds it intriguing. That's it. Goofus throws a ball inside the house and breaks the family computer. Gallant stays to help his mother clean up the shards. Mission accomplished, even though the world will never know. Never know. The ending was so bad. 
That thing sucks. We should make them show us the movie the way Zack Snyder intended it. I'm boycotting the Unreliable Narrator podcast until they release the Snyder Cut. Yeah! Release the Snyder Cut! Release the Snyder Cut! Release the Snyder Cut! Hello, I'm uh, I'm Carl. Uh, I kind of run this. Uh, no offense, Zack Snyder was never actually involved in the Goofus and Gallant uh, cinematic universe. Uh, it wasn't really a great idea anyway. It's just sort of all we have. And, uh, oh, it happened again. Release the Snyder Cut! Release the Snyder Cut! And so on and so on into infinity. The end. Mr. Rogers will be back in Mr. Rogers and the Parallelogram of Fear. Well, if you're in the greater Boston area, um, come and see a greater play called Greater Good. Um, it's a new play. Um, it's uh, it's being uh, produced by Company One. Um, it's uh, We're setting it... It's set in a school. We're performing it actually in at the Commonwealth uh, School in Boston, which is just north of Copley Square. Um, it's on Commonwealth Avenue. Uh, it's a promenade-style play, so actually there are a bunch of different scenes throughout the school that the audience will be traveling throughout the school and sort of witnessing these different events and scenes. It's, it's almost like sort of half play, half art installation. So it should be really interesting. We open on the 19th of July, and we run for five weeks, maybe more, and check it out. Ooh, that sounds like fun. Immersive theater. Um, I, I have my regular gig as a Freedom Trail tour guide uh, on the streets of Boston. So if you want to hear crazy, fun, true stories of blood, guts, and revolution, including the things that they couldn't comfortably tell you about in your school textbooks, uh, come take a tour with Josiah Quincy Jr. Um, I also have a plug I can't fully give yet because they haven't Ooh. announced the cast list. Oh. But uh, on Clarendon Street uh, in Boston this fall, uh, you can... Tell me whether or not it's easy being green. Ooh. What? Ooh. Nice. Um, over at Improv Boston, Comedy America will be premiering next Saturday and going the two Saturdays after that. It's Improv Boston's annual summer display of patriotic frenzy. Um, I can proudly lay claim to writing 100% of all turkey-related content in that show, and I'm pretty proud of it. Uh, Apart from that, my new sketch troupe name not quite figured out yet will be having its first show the first week of September, so... Listen to the wind for more information. <laughs> you can find me on Twitter at Oakengui, O-A-K-E-N-G-U-I. This episode featured Tim Hoover, Brian Rust, and Brooks Reeves, with special guests Laura DeCesar and Jacqueline Weatherby. Original material, copyright 2019, all rights reserved. If you have remarks on anything mentioned in this podcast, send them to unreliablenarratorpodcast at gmail.com. Visit unreliable-narrator.com or Twitter at unarrator. Brian was on the pilot of this, mm-hmm. and he, uh, when he was on, the entire setup actually failed, and we ended up having to lean in on my MacBook and record it. Oh yeah, yep. Like as though we were like, as though we were like, you know, bored teenagers on a Saturday night. Like, uh, oh no, when I was in, when I was in high school, uh, we had a band that was a whole bunch of my friends just in my basement. 
We never played out any shows anywhere, but basically anytime there's a like minor holiday that we got the day off from school, we would find ourselves in my basement and playing music. But uh, the only we had like a cassette deck uh, attached to a stereo system oh, wow. with one single microphone jack in to record, and so uh, we had amps and I had the drum set. But if we wanted to get any vocals. Um, Basically, I kind of rigged it up so this one little toy microphone on a wire would go... I think I rigged it up so it was over my head and dangling in front of my face (laughs) Um, to try to get vocals as well as the music because we had no mixing ability. (laughs) I'm picturing you looking like an anglerfish doing that. (laughs) Just like Audrey Tattoo. (laughs) Dangling over everyone. And and when you're and when you're that age, you think it's totally awesome that you're doing that. Like you think you're like, why doesn't everyone do this? <laughs> I guess I'm the only one who knows how to put a cardboard around a microphone so it all sounds good. <laughs> I really like this effect where it sounds like we're recording in a Pepsi can. Yeah. Yeah. We'll show those other guys. 